The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, and this is episode number 23 of the series. My guests today are head softball coach Jenna McGinnis and former JSU outfielder Ella Dennis. I'll be talking with them a little later in the podcast, but first, if you missed last week's installment, I talked with former Gamecock football star and NFL Pro Bowl defensive back Eric Davis. I caught up with him, asked him about some of his most memorable moments winning the Super Bowl with the 49ers, and he shared a few Coach Burgess stories I think you'll enjoy. All previous episodes of the podcast can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcasts on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Also online, we're publishing stories daily to jsugamecocksports.com. The All-OVC golf teams got released yesterday, Tuesday, so be sure to go on and check out which Gamecocks were named to those teams. And then here in the next few days, hoping to give you some good basketball news. And so look for those coming up. We will also be continuing our At Home with the Gamecocks video series. Mike Paris has some interesting interviews coming up, so be sure to check for those on jsugamecocksports.com as well. I hope you were able to follow along and participate in the Gamecock Madness Bracket Challenge on social media these past few weeks as fans decided Jacksonville State's top Division I moment of the past 25 years. It all came down to football's 2010 win over Ole Miss and softball's undefeated conference season in 2016, and softball walked away with the trophy in a poll that saw more than 1,000 interactions across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It was close in the beginning. Football even led for a short time, but softball rallied back and one across all three platforms. And that brings us to today's guests. The 2016 softball team posted a 43-17 overall record, 26-0 mark in Ohio Valley Conference play, won the OVC tournament, and picked up a pair of wins in the Auburn Regional. JSU topped Oregon State 5-4 in 14 innings before eliminating USC Upstate 3-2 later the same night to reach the regional finals. Head coach Jana McGinnis was named the league's coach of the year, and outfielder Ella Dennis was named the OVC Player of the Year. Leading us off is 2016 JSU alum, Ella Dennis. I'd like to welcome to the podcast now, Ella Dennis. And Ella, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to uh, sit down and talk with us. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Well, what is Ella Dennis up to these days? Uh, you're a few years removed from Jacksonville State. and Are you back home in Pisgah? What are you doing now? I am. I'm back home in Pisgah, and 
surprise or no surprise, I'm actually still very heavily involved in softball. Um, I, I like to tell people I, I became an accidental coach after <laughs> <laughs> Coach McGinnis is just is just so influential and uh, she she definitely passed a little bit of that along to me and I am actually still working with girls and individual and team um, hitting sessions, hitting lessons, and also working on the mental part of the game as well. So still very heavily involved and still loving it. And obviously the reason for the call today is that uh, the 2016 season was named the number one moment in Jacksonville State's Division One history in 25 years of it. So congratulations on that. And you were a huge part of that. That 2016 season, you guys were undefeated in league play. Uh, just the second time that that's ever happened in the OVC, going back to, uh, I believe it was, 1997 when Tennessee Tech mm -hmm. did it for the first time and they they only played a handful of games I think it was 17 they were 17 and 0 whereas you guys mm -hmm. were 24 and 0 and so mm -hmm. I would like to think that is better obviously um, and <laughs> obviously <laughs> that year you were named the OVC player of the year you know take me through that season uh, coach McGinnis talked about this earlier was that you know it got off to somewhat of a rocky start you know you look at the uh First tournament you guys played in, you split it two and two, and then uh, mm -hmm. you were able to get on a roll. But, you know, there, there were some losses sprinkled in there, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you guys kicked it into another gear. You played a very tough schedule before the conference season started. You know, you played half the SEC plus Louisville, <laughs> and you split a series with a really good College of Charleston team. And so mm -hmm. tell me about that season and, you know, how it started off and then the way you guys finished so strong you rolled right through the OVC tournament and then the regional is a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, like coach McGinnis said, I'm sure it, it was a rocky start. Um, you know, we were, we were going about 500 that first quarter to half of the season and, and to our standards, uh, you know, we'd have those big game moments and we were beating good teams and then we turn right around and, you know, we just weren't, we weren't working with that consistency that, to our standard, we knew that we had and, and that we could produce. And, and so uh, I believe it was after the UAB game, we played UAB at home and we were just about to start conference play. And I know, especially uh, me and Casey Ackenberger, the other senior at the time, we really just got together and, and we had to make a decision, you know, like how, how serious are we about, about, you know, a successful senior season? How serious are we about rounding the girls up and just, trying to get all on the same page because that team had and still does have, you know, we still communicate regularly, great team chemistry. We had all the talent in the world. Um, it was just about figuring out how to connect it just a little bit better on game days. And so I know the practice, I, I believe we had a practice or two in between that UAB game and the start of conference. And we, you know, good old Southern term, we had a good old fashioned come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> in the locker room uh right after that game and and definitely some ups and downs in that conversation that we all had together but we came out of that locker room and I kid you not it was like from a movie we all just kind of had new eyes you know we had bright eyes we were ready ready for practice that day um full of emotion and and for some reason you kind of kind of just knew then and there that things were about to turn around you didn't know what it meant uh or how easy or difficult it would be but things were turning around at that moment. And sure enough, we go into conference that weekend. Uh, and I believe we, we played some pretty close games. But, you know, whether it was a 2-1 victory or I believe we had some run rules here and there as well, we, we just stuck to it. We were all on the same page. 
all on the same mission. And before you know it, you know, we're playing tight against Auburn in a regional, um, you know, a week after most teams are already at home. So that was definitely the turning point and a very, very memorable season for sure. You guys had two really big winning streaks that started with losses to UAB on a Wednesday night. You guys lose three to nothing. You rattle mm-hmm. off 11 straight wins. That included mm-hmm. some non-conference games. And then on a Tuesday night, a month later, you lose 6-3 to UAB. Mm-hmm. And then you go on a 20-game win streak that doesn't end until you get to the semifinals of the mm-hmm. OVC tournament. You lose to SIUE Edwardsville uh, mm-hmm. in a very close 2-1 to game. And then you turn right around that next day and smack them 6-1. to <laughs> You get the championship, and then you're on your way to the Auburn Regional. And so three losses scattered between, I think it's 31 wins during the streak. Mm-hmm. What did your team do near the end of the season? I know you mentioned your teammates. You had some fantastic teammates, some girls that went on to win some more championships mm-hmm. after you had graduated in 2016. You know, Tell me about that next gear that you found down the stretch and especially during that conference championship because Mm -hmm. SIUE has to beat you guys twice Mm -hmm. to be able to get the championship but you guys turn around and you beat them six to one in that second championship game tell me about that postseason and the focus that you had yeah well coming off of you know the undefeated regular season that if anything put a little more pressure at least from a viewpoint of an outsider looking in um so then that was a time where we kind of regrouped again and we just we just focused on the game that we were playing because um, obviously we had a little target on our backs and we knew that going in and especially playing in Oxford, you know, we, we have the fan base, we have we have the resources around us. And and so it was it could I wouldn't say it was, but it could have been um, a very stressful thing to be a part of. But at that point, I think we were just so locked in that it, it wasn't even a question, you know, we're going to go to this game. We're going to give the best that we have in the dugout on the field. And in our minds, you know, of course, hindsight's 2020, I'm sure. And I know it wasn't as simple as it seems, but we just, we knew we were going to win. We just knew we were going to go out there. And like I said before, whether it was an ugly victory or, or a run goal, we were going to somehow find a way to win. And especially with that, to one loss in the first championship game. Um, I honestly, and I said it back then, I, it was, I thought it was good for us because it was just that, that little reset. And even though then, you know, you feel like kind of your back against the wall a little bit more, your season potentially about to end. Uh, it wasn't ending that day and we, we just knew it and came out and we're just a little more regrouped and, and a little more fired up at the plate and I believe we won six to one in the championship. I don't, I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that, that loss kind of brought us back down to earth, so to speak. Um, and then we just kept on rolling from there. You go into the Auburn regional hot, you guys lose two to one to number four Auburn. And then you turn around the next day in a four o'clock game against Oregon state game goes 14 innings. You end mm-hmm. up winning five, four. You're who put the ball in play gives Jacksonville State the walk-off there in the uh, 14th inning. And that game was actually on Facebook Live just the other night. The NCAA uh, replayed Mm -hmm. that game. Were you able to watch that game? I was. I was, yeah. Very strange watching it from that perspective. But, yeah, it was was really – it was nice to rewatch because you're not really focused on details when you're playing. And then you add four years to it, and it's just – it's a little fuzzy and a little foggy. And so – 
watching just the details of it and, you know, kind of getting, letting yourself cringe at the cringy parts and, and get fired up in the big moments um, and remembering just how long it was and, and how much of a battle it was. I know both sides were kind of struggling at the plate against some pretty tough pitching uh, with Whitney Gillespie with us and then Taylor West coming in. But yeah, that, that was, that was so fun to watch and just watching specifically Whitney just dominate. She just rolled right through that postseason, and I can't give her enough credit uh, for what she did for our team that season. Tell me about the walk-off. You're who put the ball in play. It's a line shot to left field that hits her right in the chest, should have been caught, but you hit it so mm-hmm. hard she can't handle it, and mm-hmm. Chisholm scores from third base on the play, and you guys go nuts. You know, you played, <laughs> you played 14 innings. It's finally over, and then you have to turn right around and play USC Upstate. Tell me, mm-hmm. how quickly did you have to change gears from being very happy that that game's finally over, mm-hmm. you played it late into the night, you're, you're who comes away and gave Jacksonville State the chance to win it, and then you have to remember, oh, well, we have to go back to work mm-hmm. and take on USC Upstate. Yeah, well, the starting with the walk-off hit, um, yeah, I, I wish I could sound uh, – braver than I was, but I really, I truly don't think I could feel my arms in that moment. You know, I just would, I, there were no outs. And I just remember thinking if, if I don't get this job done, you know, Jordan Bullock behind me or someone will, um, but just, you know, knowing being a senior and, and kind of feeling the end of the season, potentially just right there. Uh, I took a big old hack that first swing. And I remember that to this day because I was just I was just trying to get the ball out of the infield at that point, and uh, I was nervous. And Coach McGinnis must have seen that because she called time, and you know she brought us all together. And she just looked me in the eye and she said, "Look, Ellie, you've you've got this. You're you're better than you think you are." And and we're you know more or less we're about to finish this game right here. And I said, "Okay, Coach." And two swings later, um, I I think I had gotten a couple of hits that game, but you know, nothing just truly solid. And so I just wanted to make sure that contact was good. Wanted to try to get it to the outfield. And, uh, the, the pitcher had a pretty good high pitch rise ball, fastball thing. And luckily she got me blowing out and I was ready for that. And I was ready for that swing and Anna Chisholm with the speed on third base. And that's, that's how that happened. And, you know, you just feel the relief instantly and you give yourself about five minutes to feel that relief and that happiness. And then, and then it's go time again. Uh, and as we, as our team was that whole year, we just, we just kind of knew that it was time to refocus and to get the next one, because there was no way after all that fight that we were going to go home a loser at midnight, you know, at a time like that with the adrenaline pumping, um, we just kind of tried to keep it rolling as best we could. And uh, I know Taylor West helped us big in the circle that game too. So it was a good, good moment. And, and I really think that helped fuel us through the first few innings. Um, and then I think, honestly, we got a little delirious. And, and sometimes when you're under the lights and you're a little delirious and you're just enjoying playing the game that you love, uh, it comes easier. And, and more times than not, it works out in your favor. And we, we just were fortunate that it did for us that night. All of those moments together, you have so many girls named to the all-conference team. Whitney's named Pitcher of the Year, United Player of the Year, a coach named OVC Coach of the Year, 43-17 and 17 overall, 
26 and 0 in the conference. You win two games in the regional to get to the championship. You've got that ring from the OVC championship. And during all of this bracket that we ran over the last two months, uh, you guys survived all the way to the end. You, you win the bracket challenge championship. And of the last 25 years, the Jacksonville state's been in division one since they joined division one, that season, that moment is named the top moment over everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the, the poll numbers, there were 500 people that voted on Facebook. And then if you add in Twitter and Instagram, there were over a thousand interactions that said that softball is who deserves to get this. And so tell me wow. what that means to you <laughs> for all of Jacksonville State's fans mm-hmm. to say that 2016 team was the best. Well, that's amazing. And first of all, thank you for running this. This this has been such a joy to keep up with and to participate in. I know with, with these uh, strange and crazy times happening, that was that was really, really a cool thing for you guys to do. So thank you. But uh, it's, it's very humbling because, you know, there was a lot of greatness packed into that bracket. And and to have that year just happen to be to be known um I think it's really a testament to just the softball team and the program in general led by coach McGinnis and and then trickles down from there going 26 and 0 in conference you know that takes that takes discipline that takes consistency that takes fight um and that takes just pure joy of playing with each other because there are teams with with fight and no chemistry there are teams with chemistry and no fight there are teams with all the talent in the world and and not sure what to do with it and you know by the grace of god we we had it all that year and we were friends off the field we were teammates on the field and so it just it really did come easy once we all decided that that we wanted to really leave a mark for the program that year and you know advance the program advance jsu softball and to really just try to put it on the map a little bit more. Um, and once we had that team mentality going, you know, it was just all rolling from there. Well, Ella, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to do it. I uh, hope that everyone in your family is well. Hope that you're well and best of luck in your uh, coaching endeavors. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And as always, go Gamecocks. My next guest is the six-time OBC Coach of the Year. Here is Jana McGinnis. For the second time this year, Coach Jana McGinnis and Coach uh, were together today because the Gamecock Madness Bracket Challenge just wrapped up here on Tuesday, and the 2016 softball team had their season named the number one moment in Jacksonville State's 25-year Division I history. And so congratulations on getting that win today. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks. It feels good to win. Uh, (laughs) Softball softball can call themselves champions uh, this season in something. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just a fun thing to follow. And uh, when you're quarantined, I appreciate you guys, uh, you and Josh, all the sports information that – you know, set that up because I know it was fun for the fans uh, when you're not able to see any. You still got a competitive, uh, you know, burning in your body, and uh, it showed with softball getting out and voting and, and all that. So it's fun for the fans and everybody. That 2016 season that uh, wins the bracket challenge, we were talking about it before we got started, over 500 votes on Facebook, 
nearly 300 votes on Twitter. And then the last time I saw it on Instagram, there were over 300 people that had seen the story. And so, you know, almost a thousand Mm -hmm. engagements on just those three platforms that um, ended up voting softball the winner over the 2010 football win over Mm -hmm. Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just to recap that season, the highlights of that is that you went 26-0 in the conference, only had the one loss in the conference tournament. You ended up coming back and Mm -hmm. beating uh, SIUE in the championship. Mm -hmm. You go on to Auburn, and that 14-inning game against Oregon State, that was Mm -hmm. the one that was replayed on Facebook the other night that got a ton of views, Uh, was a huge win. You eliminate USC Upstate, and then you you know you meet up with number four Auburn in the championship of that mm-hmm. regional. Just talk about that season and the run that you guys had. You know the the longest losing streak you had was three, and that's among teams that you played half the SEC that year: Georgia, Missouri, Florida, Alabama. You had a game against Louisville. You split a series with a traditionally mm-hmm. good program in mm-hmm. the College of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then once you got to conference season, you guys ran the table. You know, um, Tyler, and and before I get into talking about the season, the fun thing about watching this bracket, you know, Jacksonville State's very fortunate and had a lot of good memories. And the thing about it is, you know, I've been blessed because I've seen it all. And, uh, you know, you go back to basketball wins. You even go back to Lisa Biswell. I remember when she took the court. So it was fun just kind of reliving the memories. And, uh, you know, all of them are good memories. And um, But the 2016 team – you know, I always tell the girls, it's how you finish throughout any season, you know, because um, we've had some great teams that started out rough and you're thinking, are we ever going to win a game? Or are we going, you know, what are we going to do? But that team, you don't realize it. And I had forgotten it too, Tyler, until I was watching the replay um, the other night on the NCAA Facebook Live. Um, that team started out 9-13. and 13, And we had some rocky games. We had some, some rough games. Uh you know, the College college of Charleston game, it, it wasn't, you know, one for the, you know, the best memories. But, you know, the thing about it is the team kept getting better, and they, they still – I did believe that we had the talent to, to do what we did. Um, we just needed to put it together and keep grinding and, and keep working. And, you know, that team, they were a good team. But I, I, I give all the credit because we really turned it around. It was rough up until when we started um, conference play. And we only had two seniors that year. And those two seniors did um, not just on the field. You had uh, Ella and, and Berg, Casey Ackenberger. Those, those two put the team emotionally, put the team on their, their shoulders, uh, made them believe in what we could achieve. And when we started conference play, it's just like a, a you know, a light went off or, or something. They convinced this team, the 2016 team, we're going to do special things, and, and we did. But I give a lot of credit that year. Seniors play a big role, but their leadership was unbelievable. And it, it'll go down in my memory as um, two of the best seniors um, that made an impact on their team. Um, they, they made a huge impact. You mentioned Ella Dennis. She was named the OVC Player of the Year. Whitney Gillespie gets Pitcher of the Year. You get named Coach of the Year. And then after that, you've got six Gamecocks that – are named to all OVC squads, uh, Jamie McGuire, Jordan Bullock, Emily Woodruff, Emily Church, Taylor West, Anna Chisholm, some fantastic wow. names, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that even after that season, you know, yeah. made huge impacts with the program. And so just talk about those girls on that team and how they continued to 
provide uh, once that season was over. Yeah, I mean, I think um, just those names and those girls, uh, they wanted to play for, you know, Ella. Ella was player of the year, and there's not, you know, one – one of her team, no, nobody in the program could ever doubt her work ethic, doubt her love for the program, and more importantly, doubt her love for the her teammates. And when you've got um, a leader like Ella, who's one of your best players, best performers, clutch, you know, it makes my job as a coach easy. And she made everybody around her better. Um, she and she and Berg did, but you know, she also had some good ones that were willing to follow their leadership um you named off some good ones there um Whitney Gillespie um you know she was pitcher of the year very good um you know the tops tops in the league and and she she was key and you know many people forget that year we also had Taylor West and I think Taylor West is probably the unsung hero Uh, a lot of times she's the reason we we went undefeated because um Taylor West could be a number one for anybody in the league. And it was nice when, when you got to game two or game three and was able to put Taylor West in there. And, and she was a she is a tough, tough pitcher to have to face. But in uh, Jamie McGuire, you know, first-team all-conference catcher who managed, um, who stepped up big, and, and she had a lot of quiet leadership with her. And uh, she was a big gamer. But, you know, it was just a good team. And when you talk to the players on that 2016 uh, they don't talk about the talent. They talk about their, their team spirit and, you know, they loved playing with their teammates because um, even the ones that didn't get the the accolades, the OVC accolades, they were huge. I mean, um, Emily Woodruff, um, you know, made catches in, in the outfield that I'd put her up against anybody uh, in Division One softball. And, um, you know, and, and Emily, she would battle. She would have at-bats and she would battle and battle. And she'd find a way to, to beat out an infield hit or, or, or get a big hit. So a lot of players, um, you know, they, they played their role and, and did a very good job. It was a fun year. Circling back to talking about the seniors, uh, you know, in the Auburn Regional, that 14-inning mm-hmm. marathon against Oregon State, uh-huh. Dennis is who comes up with the walk-off hit in that one. Yeah. And so, you know, we I think a lot of people watched that facebook live the Uh other night that Uh the ncaa put out Uh um you know take us through that game and how draining that was to have to play 14 innings and then to turn right back around and have to play a good usc upstate team yeah i mean tyler i mean we couldn't have scripted the ending you know any better And, and even the inning before where we tied it we had the you know the good part of our lineup coming up and you know, it, it worked out. But that game, and, you know, I, I've told people, it seemed like we were we were at the field all day. Um, you get there for, for warm-ups because I think the first game, uh, it wasn't us, but it was a noon start. But uh, you're at the field all day. But when you're in the moment, when you're in the middle of it, uh, time just kind of, you don't even think about time. You just, you just go one pitch, you know, from one pitch to the next and one inning to the next. And, you know, when it's over, but, you know, I'm glad that team was in that game because I knew if it came down to fight, um, you know, we, we were going to win because I knew what that team was, was built, made of. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm so proud, you know, looking back, you know, how fitting is it that Ella did get a chance to have the bat in her hands and, and win that game. But, 
you know, it was a total team effort. It was just teammates pushing each other and saying, we're not losing this game. Uh, we're not tired. We're not, you know, we, we want to fight for the next for the next pitch. But that goes back, Tyler, when, when you've got underclassmen that want to fight for the seniors' next game. And, you know, they really did. The team wanted to fight for Casey and uh, for Berg's. Nick, let them have another at bat, you know, let them have another game. And um, But it, it was a good team, just a good team chemistry and everything. And then, you know, Tyler, talking about USC Upstate, uh, the last time we had played them, they had embarrassed us at a, at a regional. I knew they had a good program. We're, we know their coaches. Um, and so I knew it was going to be a – a tough test, and, and as a coach, you worry about them just being satisfied with the the win against Oregon State, forgetting that hey, we got another game if we want to make it till till Sunday. And uh, you know, the thing about it is that team just kind of went about their business. And the coaches, USC Upstate, to this day, when I see them out recruiting, they talk about that game, and they're like, you know, as coaches, we wanted y'all to play as many innings. And when it was over, we said we got them. They they're spent. They're not going to be up for us. And then we, we jumped on them, scored first. And, you know, that, that was just a fun day, and it was just a, a battle. But, um, you know, I, I was proud of the team. But it, it shows what that team, their signature was. It was it was just they were a bunch of fighters. That year you were 43-17. and 17. Building up to that 26-0 conference run, you guys played some very tough teams. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, the split mm-hmm. with College of Charleston, you yeah. know, half the SEC, Louisville. That competition you guys had in the – pre-conference season and how did that prepare you for the conference and prepare you for a regional with top-notch talent um i I think it it showed those girls and and made them believe that hey when 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 play with these teams we we deserve to be on the same field with them you know some of those games ended up uh eight run rules i think georgia or florida uh ended up beating us but in those games and what i tried to instill in the girls um you find successful moments and you build on that and then you realize hey if we we take away these certain innings the bad innings and put seven innings together hey we, we can beat beat this team because it would always when we were playing those those teams um those tough teams like that it would always come down to one bad inning but if you could em- eliminate that but you know i think it 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 gave the girls, even though we, we lost a lot of those games, it, it gave the girls, they found something uh, to grow on in those games. And it, it, it did. It gave them a boost of confidence, actually. And they, they knew that uh, they belonged on the same stage as them. There were a ton of fantastic softball moments in that mm-hmm. bracket. Uh-huh. And like you mentioned, you, you were there for all of them. Uh-huh. Um, you go back to the 96 team that yeah. won their first championship to the 2009 team that went to the Super Regional then ended up beating Tennessee twice in in their own regional, and then plus this one. So for you personally, so many fantastic moments. Where does this one rank for you personally? I I know they're all great, but was the one that won the tournament even the best big moment that softball had, you know? Um, You know, and Tyler, when it would go head-to-head with softball, the softball moments, it was hard for me to even even vote because I go back in my career and and I think of the biggest moments and I go back and I think about the 96 team. There's so much that goes into that 96 team. Had we not done what, what we did, our program would not be as strong. Um, I mean, they came in, we came in and we were able to 
go to the, you know win the first ever division one tournament that jack state's ever had in the first year that we competed um we played the number one team in the country first regional first um ncaa tournament so if we didn't have that moment it would not we probably wouldn't be having the moments that we have and then i go back to the 2009 regional and i thought well have they'll they'll have a, a great shot at, at making it to the to the finals and uh, but the 2009 team did something that we're all trying to do and that's get back to a super regional and what that team did that year um it was it was unbelievable and you go back to the last day of the the championship regionals where we where you beat nebraska and tennessee twice on the same day at tennessee i mean that's a moment that i don't know if we'll ever get to taste again but um and a team that just you know fought and fought and fought so um but then you look back at the 2016 team and tyler after that year i got emails and letters from athletic directors retired athletic directors around the ovc from other schools that said didn't think it would ever see an undefeated uh team not in not in today's atmosphere of, of athletics so when you're in the moment you don't realize that you know going undefeated uh, is such a hard difficult thing to do but it makes you appreciate it years later and think man that was that was something special to go undefeated during regular season and then you forget about you know what that team established it was just a winning culture because the next year we only lost one conference regular season game so it carried over um, but there's so many moments and then I think back to the 2008 I think team that um, that got us out we, we were went into a drought we would finish runner-up but we never got to get back into that conference uh into the ncaa regionals but you think back to the team it was rachel fleming's uh senior year where we finally got back into the regionals and it kind of started a um a reaction where we were consistently in it so there's so many teams and so many moments uh tyler i, I even think back to um one of sally beth's teams when we were the sixth seed and it only took six teams to the tournament we were the sixth seed going in and and ended up winning it at EIU. So I, I, I'm lucky. I have a lot of special moments. But the 2016 team, it ranks up there in the top three for sure. Kind of going back to the very beginning and talking about that 96 team. And for me, I kind of look at it from a media standpoint. I've heard Bob Kessling, who's the uh, Tennessee voice, he was talking about Lady Balls basketball. Yeah. And said, you know, Pat Summit comes in takes the team to the final four and there's a lot of buzz and they cover the postseason on the radio for the first time yeah and then the next season they decide well we're going to try to broadcast the entire season and that's when lady balls basketball began mm -hmm. getting radio constantly and so for you that 96 season when you guys go to play washington yep. that's when paris jumps on the road yeah. with you and he starts covering on the radio and then since then the media attention has grown the sport has grown itself yep. And you guys have been able to install a culture. And mm -hmm. so from a coaching standpoint, mm -hmm. what is it that you see that you guys have been able to do as a staff? You know, even though coaches change, you've been mm -hmm. able to keep that tradition that you have. You've kept it in the mm -hmm. family. All of your coaches have yeah. been JSU alums. And what you have been able to build and the girls that you recruit mm -hmm. to this program. You know, Tyler, I, I don't think um, my expectations and the coaching staff's expectations and standards have changed since the very first uh, 
team that that I ever coached here at Jack State, and I think the consistency there. Uh, when a player comes into our program, they know they know what their expectations are. They they know what they're going to get. Um, they know what kind of coaches we are, and you know that we do we do hold them to a, to a high standard. But that has not changed. And, and you can ask that's one thing that Rachel and Ann when. Uh, our sports information interviewed them about the 96 team that they said, you know, the things that they were bringing up to, to Josh and, and Mike, that's the same things that our, our team, our players today talk about, uh, that Coach McGinnis can be tough sometimes. She can, uh, but they always know that I care about them as people. And so I'm glad to know that that has not, that has not changed, that, that my expectations for them and my standards and, um, that that does not change. So, the consistency and and I'm proud of, proud of that fact. Something I think is very interesting to note is you guys went up against the Ole Miss win yeah. in this final for the best Division One moment, and you were talking about those softball players, former players, and how mm-hmm. they stay close to the program. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so funny is you've got JSU football on Twitter has eighteen point four thousand followers. Yeah, and the softball team rallied to put them over the top yeah. when it came to the finals. Yeah. And so tell me about that family that you guys have been able to build. And so that, you know, even though football has all of these followers, mm-hmm. that softball was able to kind of get a little bit, yeah. what I would call a grassroots movement, yeah. you know, of their own and come up and win this thing. Well, I, you know, I think it is, like you said, you know, we are a family and whether you, um, played on the 95 team uh, I think that when softball wins they feel like they win um, regardless of how many years it's been since you wore a jersey um, and you know I think that they just take a lot of pride in, in our program and they want us to win no matter what what we're doing and um, like I said even you, you go back to the 96 players I, I'll bet you that um, they were voting and, and wanting wanting to put softball at the top because of the the family and they feel like when the program wins they win and they were just as much part of it and they are that's one thing I've tried to instill in our players every year that it's even the current team even next year's team it won't it will not be all about them it's about the players that's, that's come before and wore the the same number jersey that that has fought for you to be here and, and to get and to receive everything that you receive. It's because of them and, and you're playing for them as well. The, the former players and Tyler, I know our season got ended quick, but one thing I was looking forward to, cause we, we had our reunion that we have every five years, but a lot of the alumni had written letters to our current players. Uh, we were going to use them going into the conference turn, going into conference play and, you know, it was just good. It was fun just reading them what, you know, putting on a, a Gamecock softball uniform means and, and who you're playing for and, and who you're representing. And they even went into details about, you know, what Coach McGinnis is like when conference starts. It's totally different than, than preseason and the expectations. So, that you know, I think our, our – I hope our players understand that it is their program. Uh, I don't care how many years it's been since since you've graduated. It is your program. You help build it, and you will continue to help make it strong. 
somewhat switching gears to mm-hmm. present day now. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the softball season being canceled mm-hmm. because of the virus. We're back in the office now, just mm-hmm. started back Monday, yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. coming in regularly. And it's nice to be sitting face to face with know. you instead of having to call you on the phone and do the interview that way. Uh, what has your day to day been like the last couple of weeks? And what are you kind of working on now? And how do you look to the 2021 season now? Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, during during the quarantine, you know, we would have head coaches meeting once a week, and I don't I don't like all the Zoom. I'd rather have the face to face contact. But you know, I tried to work on scheduling, tried to um, you know wrap up, staying in touch with the girls, just make sure they finish strong in the classroom with finals going on. And you know, as a as a uh, coach, um, you know, you don't have them here to ask them how their classes are going or anything. But you know, I always just kind of you know, put it on them, and I, I told them, I said, you're going to have to stay up with your classes, and fortunately, they did, they did good, um, you know, our team finished above 3.5 GPA, and then I also tried to work on scheduling, but now that we're back in the office, um, that's what I'm working on, is scheduling, and trying to figure out our, our recruiting, and our camps, we, we were normally working on camps at this time, but we're not going to have our camps in June, so we're going to probably push those back to the fall. But uh, it's good to be back. I, I miss everybody in the athletic department who we work with. Well, Coach, again, congratulations on uh, getting this win in the bracket challenge, <laughs> celebrating the silver anniversary of Jacksonville State joining the Division One ranks. And hopefully when the 50th rolls around, the golden anniversary rolls <laughs> around, we'll have a few more uh, gold items on our fingers as well. I hope and, so. Uh, some more moments to celebrate. Thank you, Tyler. And thanks Thanks to all of our sports information for doing that and everything that I know your jobs have been hard during this quarantine because y'all have been out at the fields, the court and, and everything and being involved with the athletes. But thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate that. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy and I will talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode and another guest. With that, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.